0: The reading is taken from Exodus Chapter 16, manna and Quails. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Zin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day on the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert. The whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food that we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in that you should grumble against us. Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want to eat in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You're not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them. At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared in the desert, on the floor when the Israelites saw it they said to each other what is this for they did not know what it was Moses said to them it is the bread the Lord your God has given you to eat this is what the Lord commanded everyone is to gather as much as they need take an omar for each person you have in your tent The Israelites did as they were told, some gathered much and some little. And then when they measured it by the Omar, the ones who had gathered much did not have too much, and the ones who had gathered little did not have too little. Everyone who had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until the morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered up as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omars for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is a Sabbath day. Rest a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left, and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded it did not stink or get maggots in it eat it today moses said because the day is a sabbath to the lord you will not find any of it on the ground today six days you are to gather it but on the seventh day the sabbath there will not be any <laughs> nevertheless some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it but they found none Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seeds and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come, so that they can see the bread I give you to eat in the wilderness when, it is, when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar. And put an omer of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be kept for generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant law so that it might be preserved. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to the land that was settled. They ate manna until they reach the border of Canaan. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, and
1: thank you also to Colin very much. It's not every day you get a chance to read a whole long chapter of the Bible. Uh, For those of you at home, I hope you're toasty and warm. The thermostat's gone a bit low in this building, so apologies to those in the building, it's a little chilly, and I hope you're singing well at home. We're not allowed to sing out, but it's still good to to be here. Uh, Whether you're in the building or whether you're at home, let's pray the Lord will speak through this wonderful story. We praise you, Lord, our Heavenly Father, that you are faithful and good. You are our provider and you guide us. And we pray that as we think about this story from all those years ago, that you will send your spirit and speak to us and give us grace to rest in your faithfulness today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. For most of this term, between now and when we get closer to Easter, we're going to look through various stories from Exodus and Numbers. The people of Israel have come out of Egypt and they are on their way to the promised land in Canaan, But they have a lot of desert to get through and it's going to take a long time. Uh, I'm calling this series The Land In Between. They're in between the old familiar in Egypt and what will be new familiar when they get there. But they don't know how long it's going to take before they get there uh, and they've got an awful lot to learn on the way. Uh, I've chosen to teach this this term because it feels a bit like where we are. Uh, The old familiar seems a long time ago getting on for a year since that first lockdown last March. And we don't know how long it's going to be before the new normal emerges. We thank God for the vaccines, uh, but we know that things are getting a bit worse at the moment before they get better. And we don't quite know how long it will take or what the new normal will look like. And I'm sure that God has plenty of lessons for us in this in-between season, just as he had for the people of Israel. Uh, The first lesson, I've got three main ones for us this morning. The first one is to follow God's leading, even in the difficult days. God has rescued them from Egypt. They've seen his power through the ten plagues and the Passover. Uh, They've seen the power of God as they cross the Red Sea. They see God tangibly with them in the pillar of fire and cloud. In Exodus 13, 21, we read, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or by night. God was tangibly there. They've seen remarkable things he's done. But now he leads them into the desert. They're on the way to meet him at Mount Sinai. We'll see in a couple of weeks' time as he gives them his law, the Ten Commandments. And God is getting to avoid other people groups yet. They've just come out of Egypt, a bunch of slaves from Egypt. They've got a lot to learn before they're ready to engage with anyone else. Uh, in the bit before this chapter that Colum has read, we find the first problem they hit is a lack of water, and they're quick to grumble. Let's just read Exodus 15, 22 to 27. Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they travelled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Mara, They couldn't drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. Then the Lord issued a ruling an instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. So the first test has been no water, and that is a real test. If you don't have enough to drink, that is a problem, particularly in the desert. But God provides for them and then brings them to this lovely place, Elim, with all the, uh, what an oasis, all those springs of water. And now... They're leading on, and we find that they don't have food. That is the test today. Now, as we read through the Bible, we find that God often takes His people into the wilderness, into desert places to test us. At the start of His ministry, Jesus was in the wilderness for those 40 days, uh, where he was tested. God allows dry spiritual times to come. He allows times of difficulty in. 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter says it's like a goldsmith heating up the gold to purify it so the dross can be scooped away. And our faith is like that gold. And God seems to use the difficult times, perhaps more than the good times, to purify us and to make us more like Jesus. In Matthew's gospel, we find the disciples following Jesus obediently and they wind up in a storm. If you're in a storm, if you're in a desert, it doesn't mean that you've got things wrong. Uh, the Lord can be with you there just as much as anywhere else. And here we find they haven't got enough food. So let's just uh, recap the beginning of the story. Chapter 16 and verse 2. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we would died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. Uh, They've already forgotten that they were slaves and the slavery was terrible and they'd cried out to God to rescue them. All they can remember now is the food and they whinge against Moses, you've brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly. So the Lord says to Moses, I'll rain down bread of heaven. The people have to go and gather it each day, gather enough for that day. In this way, I'll test them and see whether they follow my instructions. On the sixth day, prepare what they bring in. That's to be twice as much. Uh, as they gather on the other days. So God is deliberately testing them to learn, for them to learn that He is faithful, that He will guide, that He will provide, that they can trust Him. Uh, and we have to learn those same lessons too, particularly when we go through difficult times. God uses them to make us more like Jesus. I love that verse in Romans 8, verse 28, where Paul puts it like this. In all things, that's the good things and the bad things, including the pandemic, in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So Paul says God uses all things, including the difficult times, to make us more like Jesus. That is his big workiness to bring us into his family, and slowly to make us more like Jesus. St. Paul could later say in Philippians 4, from verse 11, uh, I have learnt to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can face all these circumstances. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. So, the first big lesson is to follow God's leading. And when that includes desert times, pandemics, uh, we still trust that God is there and there's things He wants to teach us. Uh, the second lesson, as well as following God's leading, is to trust in God's provision that He will provide for us. Just before we go back into Exodus 16. Uh, I read to you from Philippians 4, here's another verse from Philippians 4, where Paul, from prison, another tough place, says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And to anyone this morning who is wondering whether you can trust God to provide for your needs in this time, the word of God says that God will meet all your needs. And we need to learn to trust him just as those ancient Israelites did. Now they had a lot to learn. And I don't want to be too tough on the Israelites. They've just emerged from slavery. Uh, They don't know very much about God yet. Uh, We have 2,000 years of Christian history. We know about Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And we get quick to grumble. It's a bit of a British disease. The Australians call us the whinging poms because we so easily grumble or whinge when things don't go our way. The people of Israel had seen God rescuing them from Egypt. They'd seen the the remarkable plagues, the crossing of the Red Sea. They'd seen God's provision of water. But they still keep grumbling and murmuring. And that is a constant problem until they learn to trust his provision. And it is the same for you and for me. And God says he is going to provide for them. So we pick up the story verses 11 and 12 of Exodus 16. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the people. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you'll be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. So God says, I'm going to provide. The meat was a one-off. It came again uh, occasionally. But the bread was there every morning. Daily bread. Every day. Enough for every person. Lasting as it turned out, 40 years until they got to Canaan. Could have been a lot quicker. We'll get to that story in a few weeks' time. But God provided for their needs every day. Let's go on to verse 13 and 15 and read a bit more about the manor. So that evening, the quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said, what is it? They didn't know what it was. Moses said, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. And in verse 31, we read that they call it manna. The people of Israel call the bread manna. Uh, if you know any Hebrew, which is unlikely, you'll know why that is. The Hebrew for what is mah. I spent a year uh, in Israel. Little children, when they found something they didn't understand, would go, ma. what's this? So ma nah is what is it? And the people of Israel call the bread manna what is it they didn't know what to call it Uh, as a family we were reading these bible stories many years ago it was the year i remember my joshua who's approaching 21 now it was his fifth birthday and we were in france we were in a campsite in france for one week and then going to stay at a manoir there in france and we were reading these stories and i remember explaining to young josh nearly five that manna means what is it because they didn't know what to call it Uh, And then we got from the campsite to the manoir. Josh says, what does manoir mean? I said, it means manor house. He says, why? Didn't they know what to call it? (laughs) We didn't know it. he was a budding linguist then, but it's been a bit of a standard joke in our house whenever we have this story. But this manor, what is it? It tasted like honey. It was bread every day, the bread of heaven that God rained down for them and provided for their needs. And they needed to learn to trust that God would provide, as we do. The third lesson the Lord had for them through this and for us is to obey his word. Again, let's just pick up verses 4 and 5 at the start of the chapter, where the Lord says to Moses, I'll rain this bread from heaven down to you. The people are to go out every day and gather enough for that day. In this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And on the sixth day, they're to provide twice as much. uh, So they have enough for the seventh day. They're told to gather enough and to eat that day and not to keep it. They're not to hoard it. And they're told on the sixth day to gather enough for two days. Was that what they did? Well, some of them, yes, but not all of them. Let's pick up the story at verse 19 to 20. So Moses says, No one's to keep any of it till the morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it till morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was cross with them. Uh, he says, Just for one day. But the Lord wants to teach them as well about the Sabbath, to have a rhythm of one day of rest every week. So on the sixth day, they are to gather enough for two days. Let's read from verse 23. Moses said this is what the Lord commanded tomorrow is a day of Sabbath rest a holy Sabbath to the Lord so bake what you want to bake boil what you want to boil save whatever is left and keep it till the morning so they saved it till morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink or get maggots in it eat it today Moses said because today is a Sabbath to the Lord you will not find any of it on the ground today six days you're to gather it but on the seventh there will not be any Nevertheless some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it but they found none and the Lord says to Moses how long will you stop obeying my command? You can see what he's doing he is teaching them every week the food is there every day it's not there on the seventh day it goes bad if you keep it for six days it doesn't go bad on the seventh and God is teaching them to obey his word. Now we all need to learn the same thing. In many ways that's why Tim has written this Christian Foundations material, to help us to understand God's word, to help us learn how to apply it to our lives, to help us learn to put it into practice, to do it. When Jesus himself was in the desert tempted for 40 days, uh, he said this, Matthew 4 and verse 4, man shall not live on bread alone but on Every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we want to live a full life, it's not just physical food we need. We need to feed uh, on God's truth, his word, to put it into practice in our lives. And supremely, Jesus described himself as the bread we need spiritually. He doesn't just provide the bread for us. He is the bread. Let me read to you from John chapter 6. Uh, The crowds asked Jesus, What sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven. It is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty Jesus himself is the bread we need and we need to come to him every day it's right that we come to worship him uh, on a Sunday together but we come every day I remember years ago reading old Bible reading notes that were called daily bread provided food for each day Uh, Lots of modern equivalents of ways we can get into the Bible for ourselves each day and meet with Jesus there. But we too need to learn to follow God's leading, to trust His provision, to obey His word. Uh, Tim talked about making disciples. And in that bit where Jesus told us to make other disciples, he says this Matthew 28 16 to 20. Jesus said to them all authority in heaven and on earth if we just go on to the next verse is has been given to me go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and here's the key bit teach them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age that was what God was trying to do with the Israelites he was with them and he was teaching them to obey his word We spent quite a lot of time looking at the life of David last year. Uh, Twelve talks there. If you haven't looked at those, they're available online. But God chose David as a man after his heart because Saul was disobedient. Do you remember this from 1 Samuel 15 verse 22? Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. To heed is better than the fat of rams. What the Lord is looking for is for us to listen to him and obey him. He knows what is best for us. He's wanting to provide. He's wanting to guide. He's wanting to lead. He's wanting to lead us through this pandemic. He wants to lead you through this season just as much as he did the ancient Israelites. So let's choose to trust him each day. We need each other. If you're not yet in a prayer triplet or a formation or a small group, please do uh, let us know. And we would love to link you together to look through some of Tim's material that helps us get into God's word and apply it to our life. Well, we're going to pray into this. Perhaps the band would come back ready to lead us in our next song. But let's pray now. Uh, we're not going to sing that great hymn Next, that we could have done the hymn, Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer, uh, that says, Bread of Heaven, Bread of Heaven, feed me now and evermore. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you are the bread of life. We praise you that you delight to feed us with yourself. And we pray for grace as we come to you day by day, as we read your word, as we worship together. We look forward to the day when we can celebrate communion more regularly together and feed on you in that way as well. But we pray that you would feed each one of us and give us grace to follow your leading through this pandemic, to trust in your provision for our needs. Whatever they are, each of us has different needs, Lord, and we pray that you will provide for everyone's needs. And we pray for grace to obey your word to us. So send your spirit on each one of us and on us as a church. And as we read through these stories of the Israelites, speak to us, we pray. And we ask it all in your great name. Amen.